Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday, and welcome to episode 65 of Wife Me Up. I'm your host, Megan Faulkner, and I'm just so pumped that y'all are here today. Thank you for listening, your encouragement, your kindness, your support. All of it means the world to me. A quick reminder, if you're on Apple Podcasts and wouldn't mind leaving a rating or review, it helps so much. If you're on Spotify and wouldn't mind subscribing and following, that would be incredible. And no matter what platform you're listening on, if you felt generous and would love to share this show, I cannot even describe to you how much shares help podcasters. And while you're at it, share another one of your favorite podcast shows with a friend as well. I have been waiting a really long time to interview today's guest, and I am so excited for you to hear this conversation. Jenna Schottmeyer is the author of Are You Drowning? Overcoming in the Midst of Trauma and Loss, and you cannot wait to hear what she has to say, I promise you. A personal account of injury, depression, growth, life, and healing, Are You Drowning? chronicles Jenna's uphill battle of recovering from a traumatic brain injury that took place at the start of her college career. Jenna had her entire life planned out, her career goals defined, and a spot on her college tennis team when it all got pulled out from under her. The tides of her life rose after her injury left her unable to do really basic tasks. She was tossed into a sea of uncertainty, but her faith and hope were a lifeboat. In this story of healing, Jenna recounts fighting for her life as she used to fight the current. Her injury was a riptide that swept her away into the throes of comparison, confusion, and disappointment until she almost drowned in it. Through faith, she found herself on a journey to an unsinkable identity. With parallel stories of hope and recovery, she recounts the details of her injury, the shattering of her former identity, countless doctor's appointments, the strength of her family, and ultimately her healing. Jenna Schottmeyer is a New England-based writer, speaker, and artist. Ever since she was a kid, spending time near the ocean has given her a lens of understanding her own ups and downs. Now, nearly 10 years after an accident that changed the trajectory of her life, she's passionate about helping others find their true identity, worth, purpose, hope, and freedom, just like she found in Jesus. Hey, before we get started, remember, Wife Me Up is for the single person who wants to feel like they're a part of the club. It's for the married person who has anyone single in their life. It's for the dating, the engaged, the enraged, and everyone in between. My hope is that this show will provide a little humor, a lot of fun ideas, and ways that we can all be a little more connected to each other's stories. To not isolate or assume, but to engage and ask. To tell stories, to share ideas, and to as often as possible, create things for others to enjoy. Because what actually is life if it's not shared? Here is my conversation with author and friend, Jenna Schottmeyer. Jenna, welcome, welcome, welcome to Wife Me Up. I literally am so pumped that you're here. We have waited a long time to get together, to record this episode, to make it happen. I can't even wait for our community to hear from you, to learn about you. So can you tell everybody who you are, what you do in the world, anything you want to share? Yes, Megan, thank you so much for having me. I love Wife Me Up and I just love connecting with you. I feel like we're just always laughing and having a good time when we're together. So, yeah. so I'm just so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm an artist, I'm an author, and I'm a speaker. 
I grew up in New Jersey in Franklin Lakes and now I live outside of Boston near Cape Cod. I absolutely am obsessed with the ocean and my family and I would go to the New Jersey shore every summer, which is actually mm-hmm. where I met you, which is awesome. It's true. And yeah. And um, I definitely am truly a creative. A lot of my business right now is watercolor art on jshotmeyer.com. We also have a swimsuit line. And yeah, we'll talk about how I kind of got into art and everything. And yeah, I'm just so happy to be here and be creative in this community. Yeah, me too. I'm glad that you're here. Jenna, I we met in a very obscure way. <laughs> but only as God would have it, I feel like it was such a divine meeting, such this this like chance encounter that You know, I I was speaking one Sunday, your family was attending Beach Church one Sunday where we um, worship listeners. I know there's many of you that have no idea what I'm talking about. My church moves outside in the summer and we have church outside and Jenna's family was joining us on this one Sunday that I happened to be speaking, not our senior pastor. And um, this, anyway, we don't have to tell the whole story, but a huge move of the Holy Spirit. Jenna ended up sharing her testimony at that service. after I was done speaking um, and it was just incredible and and the result of Jenna's story and Jenna's testimony is a published book that is captivating so Jenna your book is called are you drowning overcoming in the midst of trauma and loss and it launched in 2021 but I know that the story began long before that so can you tell our listeners um, your story and and how you led to publishing what you did Yeah, I'd love to get into that. And, you know, it's funny because I met you that day that you were talking about, but I had seen you speak and kind of like knew who you were for like much longer before that. So without (laughs) being a stalker, (laughs) I definitely, um, I definitely thought you were cool before you knew who I was. But anyway, you were cool too. Yeah, so my story starts in 1995. Just kidding. I promise I won't start from 1995. But um, I will say that actually in 2000, I guess, when I was five years old, I wanted a relationship with God. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, and that's when I asked Jesus into my heart. It was just always a very attractive thing to me that even as a small child I could just pray in my bed and I remember my favorite verse at the time was when I am afraid I will trust in you and Mm. just as even like a small kid um, and I had nightmares or whatever I had I just loved being able to pray to God and have that personal relationship with Jesus so Mm -hmm. as I um, grew you know I sort of combined my relationship with God with a very strong work ethic. Uh, I loved the verse, you know, work for everything as for working for the Lord. And I grew up, you know, as a student athlete, I was uh, set to play tennis in college. And I, you know, I think especially I grew up in Bergen County. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of that work hard, play hard. Yeah. So easy to put my worth in my performance. And so I sort of thought that there were three things that you could absolutely never take away from me. And that was my faith, my mental capacity, and my work ethic. Mm -hmm. And I 
really kind of made that my foundation. And so mm -hmm. I was president of National Honor Society. I was involved with math club and going off to school. Mm. I was playing on the tennis team and I was on academic scholarship. And I definitely would say that growing up, my family and my parents especially really tried to show me that my worth was not in my performance. Mm -hmm. But I think especially as a student athlete, I definitely did not feel like I was good enough or worthy of love if I wasn't performing well. Mm. And so I really took that to heart. And, um, you know, three weeks into my freshman year of college, I was at a party and someone was trying to pour the water out of a water cooler, presumably from the balcony. And so it just kind of got top heavy and the whole thing fell on my head. Mm. I had a traumatic brain injury, had to come home from school. And that foundation of those three things fell apart because my... Mm you know, my work ethic, now I was sleeping like 20 out of 24 hours at when in those first couple weeks after the accident, which was really horrible and scary. I don't like yeah. to nap, I don't like to sleep. Like that yeah. was horrible. Yeah. And my mental capacity, you know, it severely affected my memory. And sure. so it severely affected my long-term memory. I forgot years of high school and it severely affected my working memory where I would get halfway through a sentence and I would just, I wouldn't know who I was, you know, what we were talking about, any of those different things. And right. so I really had to, I don't know. So I guess the first year after the accident, I believed that I was worthless for a period of time. You know, yeah. I was worthless until I would be healed. And right. then I would be able to do the plans that God had for me, you know, sure. and I felt like I was just in this position where I felt like I was worthless in friendships and in my family and in this and yeah. in that. And I, that sort of idea came crumbling down when a year after the accident, I was told that accidents like mine, if you have not healed in a year, don't get better. And mm. so at that point, there were various debilitating symptoms. I had a concussion and two contusions. And so it was affecting my vision, my memory, my muscular system, my nervous system. And I was felt like I was on a boat 100% of the time, which led yeah. to nausea and vomiting yeah. pretty much every day. And so Ugh. I, yeah. And Jenna, you had to you had to leave school, right? You weren't you right. could no longer participate in the life of a normal first year college student. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that was terrible as a college yeah. student. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yep. And as someone who was very involved on social media and was very involved with friends and like that aspect of it, I think as an adult, you know, I'm 27, and you can kind of look back. And you understand FOMO a little bit different than yeah. an 18 or 19 year old does. A hundred percent. Yep. And I think I was such a people pleaser, which is one of the yeah. reasons that I got so low was because, I mean, there's a degree of um, just, you know, this just wasn't true, but yeah. um, I felt like I was disappointing everyone. And mm. so where I used to make everyone happy, now everywhere I went, I was disappointing people and making them cry, you know, when they would hear my story <laughs> right. and 
And, you know, I used to be the person who was like, you know, their their shiny high school kid that they were sending off to school. And now right. I was making them cry. And of course it was, yeah. they were crying because they loved me, sure. but it was still, you know, hard to see that. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it got really, really dark. And yeah. I went to, a year after the accident, there were various doctors that were all kind of concurring that accidents like mine don't ever get better. Yeah. And the window of healing is closed. And so that's where I had to redefine life very differently. And yeah. that's where the title, Are You Drowning, comes in. And that kind of metaphor gets talked about throughout the book because I felt like Peter on the waves where if I was looking down at the waves, I absolutely did not want to be on earth anymore. Yeah. But when I would look at, the literally only look at God, only look at the fact that I'm still here, so I guess I'm meant to be here no matter how depressed or anxious or however I feel. And God really did just an incredible, just even just rewiring of my heart to be able to yeah. understand that he still had purpose for me. And mm -hmm. his purpose wasn't less than just mm. because... I had this accident and I think the one big tagline that I talk about a lot is you know you don't need what you don't have in order to fulfill God's plan for your life that's right and that's just something that I it was a lifeline to me at that time yeah and he did God did turn that narrative kind of around for you I mean your life now is very different than your life in the year after the accident. Can you maybe talk a little bit about just kind of the healing that happened as a result of of just that kind of after that pivotal point in your in your journey? Absolutely. So the first year after the accident was just, I feel like emotionally and obviously physically just a train wreck. You know, I was so worthless. Yeah. It was just sad. And, and then when yeah. I really came up with the question of, okay so if you're gonna think about not being here then like do something about it or don't but like right. don't just whatever and so then at that moment when i really decided if i'm gonna be on earth it's only gonna be for jesus and that's it yeah. and that's when it really 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 turned around for me and yeah very small and this is this is what most of the book is actually about it's very mm -hmm. it was in small stories that led to really powerful stories of just God working and reshaping how I saw myself mm -hmm. and um, how I was able to understand life, I would say, even though I was still very, very, very physically debilitated. Yeah. And then about five years after the accident, you know, spoiler alert <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for the very end of the book, um, God completely miraculously healed me. And that's he just did. been incredible to walk in and go back to my doctors and yeah. just live out. Yeah, yeah, and what a testimony for so many different people that that he used you in that capacity. And we probably, for your life, you will not even know what God did in the hearts of doctors and nurses and people in, you know, working in that field that saw you completely healed that never thought that they would. Yeah, yeah, one of my doctors, and she's just amazing and brilliant and, you know, all science for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, 
no, she actually said that when people get together and pray, there's an energy that forms out of that. And it's so powerful that it actually has the power to heal. And I kind of sat with that for a little bit. And then I was like, wait a second, that's the Holy Spirit. Right. She just gave a scientific explanation. Explanation. The Holy Spirit. Like that's (laughs) that's incredible. You're like, I know him. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like he's my friend. (laughs) It's like Santa and Elf. Holy Spirit, I know him. I know that guy. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Jenna, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite chapters um, in Are You Drowning is where you talk about how God is equipping the unequipped. And I cried in this chapter and I laughed in this chapter and I like, oh, wow. Like it is highlighted. It is exclamation marked. It is asterisks, all the things. And here at Wife Me Up, we really love and value family. We talk about family a lot. Can you talk about, um, without giving, you know, too much of your, your book away, but can you talk about that specific season in your life and what it did in your relationship with your brother and then as a result kind of your your family that one that chapter is just so special to me because I only have brothers so I think it was really relatable for me in terms of um, you know we didn't have injuries at the same time but just kind of some things so just talk about your relationship with your brother yeah and your family absolutely. yeah so in that chapter you know when I talk about God equips the unequipped I definitely thought that I, I don't know, God kind of, I felt like gave me this, this motto about how he equips the unequipped. And I said, okay. And so I'm excited to go through the Bible and find the couple people who were seriously unequipped for what he had and how he equipped them. And Mm -hmm. then when you get to know the stories and the people of the Bible, it's kind of like, wow, none of these people were equipped for what (laughs) God had for them. Like not, not one, like not one of them was like, you know, I've got this covered, but you know, God come alongside me. Uh, And you know, like most of these powerful stories in the Bible are all about people who were not qualified and how God just worked and moved in their lives. And so it's kind of where that comes from. And in this period of my life, so I was home from school for, I think under, just under two years. Mm-hmm. And I was still doing, you know, terribly throwing up every day, falling down, can't read, can't drive, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And my brother actually had a bout of cancer and he had to come home from school. And, you know, he was definitely my just hero growing up. Mm-hmm. And I just loved him. And mm-hmm. if he told me to jump off a bridge, I would have. So thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> He was a good brother and did not ask me to do that because I would have done that for him. And, um, you know, I remember like the different chores and my parents would ask us to do stuff and then he would ask me to do his and, you know, that would, I would be doing his and really not even mind it because I just, you know, anyway. And, um, but we were just so close growing up. And then, so to have him, you know, have this bout of cancer and come home from school and also be on our childhood couch together when we were supposed to be at college was really, really heartbreaking. And um, it was really, really hard 
for, I mean, for, for all of us, for my whole family. Yeah. Um, although I will say that, you know, he and my mom and I, we actually have a ton of fun together. <laughs> so, um, as much as it was horrible and we were both could barely move on the couch, you know, he was post-surgery and everything. And as like horrible as it was, we, there were a lot of laughs, which was <laughs> really, yeah. really something that only God could do. And um, yeah. yeah, my brother always, you know, we always kind of wanted to start a company together. We always kind mm-hmm. of wanted to be in business together. And so out of that time, sitting on the couch, we decided to start a brand called Jay Schottmeyer because I'm Jenna and he's Jacob. And so now I still, yeah, that's still primarily what I'm doing and he has mm-hmm. since moved on. But um, it was just a great way. We just wanted to be able to connect with people and share our stories and share the hope that we were finding even through the, this absolutely horrible medical mess that we were in. And so he and my little sister, also amazing. She was at school, my dad was at work. And so during the day, it would be him and my mom and I, and we would just kind of brainstorm what we would want that brand to look like and what we would Mm. want that brand to be. And it started out with ties and bow ties and t-shirts. And I remember I started becoming an artist. So I was only math before the accident. And then as I was relearning and my brain was healing and rewiring in different ways, I became an artist. It was um, really interesting. You know, I would paint something and then I would be pretty surprised. It turned out how I wanted it to. And my dad, yeah, you like have some really incredible mantle. paintings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. My dad would be putting it up on our mantle and I'd be like, okay, I am five years old. And, <laughs> and I live like, at home and my mom makes me dinner and there's my painting on the mantle. <laughs> and my, uh, yeah, I Nobody panic. panic. <laughs> exactly. At the time, I love to bake and cook now, but at the time my short-term memory was so bad that I wouldn't know what ingredients I had put in. And so, yes, my mom was making every single meal for me. I was painting and my dad was hanging it up on the fridge. <laughs> That is exactly and what you and your brother are just like having movie marathons. You're like, exactly. okay. <laughs> exactly. And then I was taking one class at a time at college. And mm-hmm. um, I don't remember what my brother did. I don't know if he took just a short medical leave of absence or I'm not, or if he somehow kept up with the schoolwork, I'm not sure. But one of the days my mom went to drop me off at Ramapo College and then my brother off at Stevens Institute of Technology and then came back home and picked me up at Rampo and then turned around to get like, it was just a nightmare. <laughs> Your mom. <laughs> I know, exactly. God exactly. bless her. Oh yep. my goodness. And my sister was just trying to get through middle school. So. Yeah, she's like, can I go to the dance on Friday or no? Like, <laughs> exactly, like yes or no. <laughs> can I wear this shirt today? Yes or no. Yeah. Can I wear this shirt and like, no, you guys all cannot come to the dance on Friday. <laughs> um, <laughs> so funny. She's like, I have a soccer game. Is anybody coming? Are we all just, yeah. no? Okay, great. <laughs> that was literally the biggest outing of my week would be her middle school soccer games. I believe And it. most times yeah. it was too much for me. Yeah, it's too, um, probably too like, loud. Too, yeah, yeah. Too, yeah, too many noises, too many 
people, yep. uh, all sorts of people that I didn't remember from high school that would come up Asking to me and say hi. questions. Yeah, but you know, yeah. I think um, I think especially in New Jersey, like family's a big deal, and yeah. we love families. But so, like, you're if your sister has a soccer game, like you you're have going. to go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like get in the car. It's not really a choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is great. I love that. Yeah, I love how so, even through the pain. Um, of that time, even imagine what that season did for the faith of your family in general, um, with having kind of two kids who are not at their fullest capacities, um, who who previously operated in very full capacities, home and needing care and needing each other and you know needing God to kind of break through in that. Um, but I, I what I love that God did in that was there was still new birth in the midst of that pain. There was still new life in the midst of this season that could have been um, just like, okay, I just sit on the couch all day now. And you guys are like, well, we're going to start a company. So that's yeah. what we'll be doing while we're, <laughs> while we're home. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's just cool that, you know, that God gave you that time with your brother and time with your mom and time with your family that really, I mean, it just is so incredible. The outcome of that pain. Um, I think it's just such a testimony that God really can and will use anything in our lives and turn it around for the good. Yeah, and I just want to add to that a little bit because, you know, this is just really how I felt and I wonder if there are so many other people who feel this way in, in their circumstances, but I didn't want anything new. Like, I didn't want right. to be an artist. I wanted to be an accountant. And right. Right. Um, I right. loved that I was with my brother and I loved that, you know, I was thinking how amazing would it be if we could put something that I painted onto a dress. Like that was my end all dream in 2015. Right. And he just looks at me and he's like, why can't we? And that right. was, it was amazing. And I loved yeah. it and I loved being with him and launching the stuff, but it's still not what I wanted. And so I yeah. think that like, it's very, very interesting. I have come to grips with, I mean, and people joke around a lot because most people don't want to be an accountant. Yeah. And um, right. like a lot of people, think that it's maybe so much more fun to be an author and an artist and this and that. And I do think so at this point, and this is yeah. what I want to do. And I'm, I'm very happy where I'm at, but sure. um, I still have that like little bit of naggingness of, of it not being what I, what I had originally hoped and dreamed so yeah. long and so hard that I would rather not be on earth if I can't have those goals. And I think that right. what's really, really helped me in that is just complete, complete surrender to God. And if you look at, yeah. you know, I think that God is just painting this massive, massive, massive painting of the story of life. Yeah. And if I can be one small stroke in that, in yeah. whatever way he wants to use me, yeah. that's how I grapple with that. And yeah. that's how I've come to peace in terms with even even where I'm at now, even though it's great where I'm at now and I sure. love where I'm at now, it's just, um, I don't know, it's a little bit, I guess it's just a little bit deeper for me than flippantly saying God works all things together for good to those who yeah. love God. And yeah. I feel like it's just like, that is so true. And I love that verse with my whole yep. heart, but there's yep. also a huge depth to it that I just yep. want to make sure that 
I'm sharing as well because um, yeah yeah I think when it comes to especially if you lose someone that you weren't expecting to lose or whatever like there is yeah. death and grief and loss and it's hard and it's yeah. awful yeah. and God I do think is in the business of redemption and he will redeem it but sure. even if it's not how we want it to I think that surrender is where we're able to really value and enjoy what he wants to do yeah I you know it's interesting I think of a lot of times this like parenting relationship right like where mm-hmm. how much do our parents love us uh, so much yeah. if, we're, if we are blessed to be in a situation where we have healthy relationships with our parents right mm-hmm. and and how much more and I think of that, the how much more verse in scripture all the time. If if God will make sure that the birds eat, how much more is he going to love you, right? And, and in those seasons, like you're talking about the depth of this, you know, making something out of this really horrible time or making, turning your pain into beauty, it, that how much more verse is something that I always okay, well, how much more? Like, how much more does God love me than I even understand or comprehend? Because mm-hmm. we're never going to understand or comprehend the fullness of His love for us, right? And so in that season, like, He took, you're you're now an artist and identifying, like, I'm an artist, I'm an author, I'm a speaker, this very creative, you know, side of you that, that previously you're like, I would like to be an accountant. And isn't that the yeah. greatest thing, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, but how much more does God love you he was like no 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 my plans if you and if we can surrender to that right like i mean just yeah. imagine the fullness of life we get to experience in that surrender because he loves us that much more yeah and like i think you can even still do it kicking and screaming but having mm-hmm. that you know but working on each and every day moment by moment surrendering that and i think a lot of that also has to do with the fact that no matter what market your market economy that we are in yeah there's going to be need for accountants and yep when you're in the creative space it's kind of like okay i'm (laughs) taking this big step and i really need you to come through on the other side god because (laughs) this is this is all this is it this is what i'm doing and working on that (laughs) yeah and and those are the things like that go right like when an economy tanks or something people are like you know Mm -hmm. what we're gonna cut back on this spending x y or z and god calls us to those creative things and we're supposed to be like oh yeah we so peaceful over here this is not peaceful (laughs) at all (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's really scary (laughs) yep and then i feel like not in a reprimanding way but in a loving way i feel like all sense God being like, wait a second, am I providing for all of your needs right now? Correct. And I'll be like, how much more? Yeah, you yeah, are. You are providing for today. all of my needs. He's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So if I'm providing for all of your needs in this moment, then yeah. you don't need like you know we're we are called not to worry about tomorrow. That, and that is exactly right. In that moment, when people, you know, people, I've heard incredible testimony of people losing their house and and yep. losing their jobs and losing things that they never thought they would lose um mm-hmm. or have a brain injury <laughs> um, and get miraculously like healed yeah exactly and god i guess it's just back to that surrender like god absolutely responds to that surrendered heart and comes through in Every ways time. that we might not expect absolutely yeah yeah 
Um, that actually leads into something else that I want to talk to you about, which is um, really incredible. In the epilogue of your book, actually, um, you say, I'm just going to read a little snippet. You say, I believe that I'm here to mirror what Paul says. And then you quote Philippians 4, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And then you say, I used to think that verse meant I can set a goal and meet it with Christ's strength and help. Now I see it so differently. I know now it means no matter what comes our way in life, God will give us his strength to go on moment by moment if we rely on him. God is not a formula, and I'm okay with not knowing a formula that would explain why I suffered and why I had to lose my memory in years of my life. I'm at peace with that unknown because it is Christ who gives me strength. So can you talk more about what this means, this specific kind of quote, and we just touched on it a little bit, what this means in the day-to-day life. If I'm if I'm reading that in your book, and I did, and I want to, <laughs> I want to apply it, what does that look like for me? Yeah, yeah, it's really, that's really a powerful question. One of my favorite verses and how I actually, when I'm speaking a lot of times, I will build it around this verse. It's Matthew 7, 24 through 27, building on a solid foundation. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And so practically, what that means for me, you know, even now, so I just got into the whole story, everything that happened, everything I ever knew about myself changed, my personality changed, my likes changed, my dislikes changed, you know, every, everything mm-hmm. from talents I would put on a resume to baking cookies like everything was turned upside down most of Mm -hmm. it was gone and I think so practically that means to me today not to lose touch with that story and Mm -hmm. not to lose touch with what is eternal and what could be gone tomorrow and so there's there's a piece of that that (laughs) um I do think is kind of maybe an, an unhealthy trauma piece mm-hmm. <laughs> where, yeah, sure. you know, <laughs> um, yep. where, you know, I feel like I am not afraid of getting hurt again, but I do feel like it's deep within my body to be, I don't know, aware of, of different situations where I could get hurt again. And so yeah. that is something that I'm working through on that side of it. But yeah. In another sense, I think it's also really easy to just move on and forget what happened, even though it was incredibly dramatic story. Sure. <laughs> and, um, you know, my this is a whole other aside that we won't get into now, but you know, my <laughs> husband and I actually met six months before the accident, and so he really lived this whole thing with me. And yeah. so, even for the both of us, it's it's incredible how easy it is to kind of just flow into a normal way of life and forget a lot of the dramatics of of the story and how God really, really healed me after not 
being healed at all. Like none of the therapies worked for five years. Yeah. And so I think that um, it's really, really, really important. You know, you said like I, I had like I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. And so yeah. I, even now as I'm an artist, I'm an author, I'm a speaker, blah, blah, blah. Like I know mm-hmm. that those labels could be gone and God still has a plan for my life. 100%. And I know that yep. if all of a sudden like my hand got cut off or something horrible <laughs> yep. and, and I couldn't paint how I used to, that God isn't finished yeah. with my story just because my talents or abilities or those parts of my life are gone. And so I think, um, yeah. I think that's it. Just, just keeping that moment by moment living keep, and keeping that foundation eternal, because if you put your identity in anything that could be gone from this life to the next, mm-hmm. then you could lose it. But if you put your yep. identity in God, that is something yeah. that won't change from this life, even to the next. Yeah. I had um, someone very close to me at the very end of their life. We had some conversations and um, and she was having conversations with family, you know, anyway, having a ton of conversations. And um, she would ask us, you know, we'd tell her some ridiculous thing that was happening in our world. And she would say, does it matter for eternity? Yeah. And And if it didn't, we would be like instantly convicted, of course. <laughs> like, <we'd be> like <laughs> no, <laughs> like, but it matters for now. And she would be like, "Don't, don't pay it any mind. Don't worry about it. If it doesn't matter mm-hmm. for eternity or someone else's eternity, it doesn't matter." And it's just such a healthy perspective of not saying that pain is not real, right? And loss is not real and tragedy does not happen. We know all of those things do, but if we can keep our focus on the eternal part of it, um, I think there's more peace to be had than we've probably ever even experienced. Totally. Yeah. Jenna, what, what do you say to someone who is drowning? today? What hope can you give? What practical step can someone who is drowning take today to just catch a breath? Yeah, I would say that even if you feel really, 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 really broken beyond repair, God doesn't leave us that way. That's right. And um, that's right. Kind of a cool example of that this past weekend, I was reminded of a wedding I went to on Martha's Vineyard in 2016 and I was so excited to go to this wedding. I was so excited to go to Martha's Vineyard and the, um, you know, I had to take a ferry and so (laughs) that was horrible for the symptoms and everything and as soon as I got off the boat, I ran to the Oak Bluffs ticket office and I was throwing up and I just stood there and cried because you know, God was re- redeeming my heart and, and everything, but I still had so much to learn and uh, understand about the way God was seeing me. And I was just so sad and broken. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this past weekend, uh, I was able to sign books and be a part of Nantucket Book Festival. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. I yeah. was so honored to be a part of it. There were so many different amazing people there and I was on the ferry home and the sun was just setting beautifully it was the most perfect moment that it felt it felt like a movie actually um just because it just it was just so beautiful and 
and I yeah. was feeling okay. And it was just um, a really amazing moment. And I just didn't think that was in the cards for me. I, yeah. I really, I really thought that life wasn't going to feel like that again. And and I, I really did find the hope that I think you know we will get to experience that in heaven. And so yeah. I think that like that full circle kind of thing isn't always shown on earth but no matter what you know even if you feel the most broken beyond repair that you ever thought life with God you know he really just doesn't leave us that way he does not and he never will we're never done absolutely never done um Jenna my very last question that I love to ask every guest and this one always gets a ton of feedback for some reason what is something that you know about God now as a result of this last season of your life that you did not know about him before yeah um I think just how how personal he is and how much time he takes with each and every part of how he creates us. Mm. You know, I was thinking recently actually about pottery. I, I do not do pottery myself, so sorry if anyone was <laughs> listening and they do pottery and they're going to be like, she's dead wrong. That's not how it works. But <laughs> I think I have an idea of how it works. So good. And, so I'm going to go with this metaphor. Um, Love it. But yeah, I think that once you create the pottery, then I think that you have to wait till it completely, completely dries before it goes in the kiln. Mm. And then after it's in the kiln, then it can't go back to clay. But I think that mm-hmm. before it goes in the kiln, it could be completely dried. And actually, it could go back to clay if it gets put in water for a long enough time. And Mm. I was just thinking about this metaphor and I guess I felt like I was this pottery on the shelf that I thought I knew exactly what I was going to look like and exactly what I was going to do and exactly how God was going to use me. And not only Mm -hmm. that he was going to use me, but he's like, I'm proud of this pottery because these are the talents and gifts that I've given this piece of pottery. And then when I smashed into like the dust on the floor, you know, I just feel like God new parts of me that I didn't even know and so I feel like he came and scooped up each and every tiny piece put it back in the water and reshaped it into something totally different and so Mm. what I think I would say that I know about God that I didn't before is just his attention to detail and how much he um yeah how much he knows about us that we don't even know and just the different ways that um, that he wants to, he wants to know those intimate parts of us and he wants us to let him into each and every, each and every little part of that. And we can let him into that. We just have to to ask him and ask him to be a part of each and every little part. Yeah. Oh, I love it. (laughs) I'm like a little misty eyed. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. Jenna, thank you so much for being on Wife Me Up today and just being willing to share your story and um, just hang out with us and just drop some hardcore truth bombs for sure. So thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And listeners, we will link um, all of the ways to get to 
Jenna's stuff in the show notes. So if you're interested, if you want to buy the book, if you want to look at her art, if you want to follow her on Instagram, we will put all of the links right there really easily accessible for you. So Jenna, thanks again. We just loved having you and I hope to have you back. Yeah, I would love to. I feel like any time I spend with you is a good time. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much. Listeners, we will see you over on uh, Megan Recommends. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Megan Recommends, just a little segment where we share things that are making our world brighter and better in hopes that they will make your world brighter and better, too. Today, Megan recommends listening to Jenna. Jenna, what do you recommend for us? I would recommend, so I'm thinking of a couple different things. Uh, One of my friends, actually, I was doing a Uh, book signing event in Nashville and I met this woman and her mother and they started this company and it's called Breakfield. Right now they have earrings but they're going to expand into this whole clothing line and what's especially inspiring and exciting about this clothing line is that it's going to look like just trendy beautiful clothing but they're actually making sure that it's accessible for people with a wide variety of disabilities. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Isn't it? I know, I was listening to her share this story and everything and um, I don't know, I was just so inspired. I'm always inspired by people who are trying to make a difference helping people. Yep, And so that brand is called Breakfields. Okay, we'll put um, all their links in our show notes too so listeners can get to them really quickly. Perfect. And I've also just been really inspired. There's this music, it's called, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's called Surfaces. And oh my goodness, you would love it. They're kind of like uplifting, just they're sort of like beach songs. And this for us. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. They're like these two guys. (laughs) I think that they, I think that they live on Hawaii maybe. And they're just so fun. And anytime you're listening to Surfaces, it's just a better day. Uh, I love that. We will link them in our show notes too. So listeners, Breakfield. That's what I'm saying it correctly, right? Breakfield? Yep. B, okay. I think it's B-R-A-K-E. Okay. Breakfield. Perfect. Breakfield and Surfaces. We'll link them in our show notes. Jenna, thanks for the recommendations. Thank you.